0: My name is Ryan Bates, and welcome to episode four of Input 52. This is a show where I discuss interesting topics with interesting people, whether that be technology, startups, gaming, and sometimes a combination of all three. On today's episode, I speak with Wade Hamas. He's a front-end developer at TrackMaven, drone pilot at Heliscope, and he also had a hand in making this podcast a reality, but more on that a little bit later. I wanted to go ahead and take a moment to thank you guys for all of your support these last few weeks and for helping me to spread the word about Input 52. If you're a first-time listener or you want to help out the show, please leave us a review on iTunes, and please continue to share us with your friends. I greatly, greatly appreciate it, and I would love to continue to build that audience and have new people coming every week to listen to that podcast. So I really do appreciate every review, every kind thing that you guys have said to me on Twitter. Uh, I really appreciate it. But without further ado, here's my conversation with a very talented entrepreneur, my friend, Wade Thomas. Hey Wade, so long time man. How's it going? Dude, good buddy.
1: I'm glad to finally get to talk to you uh, in I guess this, I guess we can consider this real life talking.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think we've yeah. talked a few times over like Google Hangouts or something a few years ago, but I feel like this podcast has been like 3 years in the making of us having this conversation oh my right gosh. now. Yeah, I am like so excited this is a real thing. I know. It's it's really exciting, but do you actually yeah. do you even remember
1: how we met? Dude, I, I, okay, I was trying to think about this the other day and I feel so guilty for not, not fully remembering how we met. No, yeah. I do not.
0: Right, well it, <laughs> well, it all started on Twitter and it was back when I was doing Mobiture, so I was doing my technology oh, blog and YouTube and yeah. all of that. And at the time, you was... had a project called Free Logo Friday.
1: Oh my gosh, yes. Yeah, so uh, you, free want to tell, yeah,
0: you want to tell people what Free Logo Friday was?
1: Yeah, so I, for some reason, like back in the day when I was first getting into web design, I was just looking for like... Any way to like get my foot in to like design, like something I was trying to land a job like drastically or desperately, I guess is the word. And uh, yeah, so I started this like weekly project called Free Logo Friday, which pretty much I would just do a, I, I wasn't even a graphic designer, but I would do a logo for, you know, someone that, you know, they would just have to email me or send me, I think it was like submit something through the Tumblr I had for it. And I would just spit out a logo in like a couple of days and that would be it. See, and, and I th- uh, yeah,
0: I think I got started on the, the tail end of that because I found out about it on Twitter. I don't know how it is like at the time for Mobitri, I just started that and I wanted a, a good logo for the website and you had a Twitter right. profile. And it's actually still up if you go to like twitter.com slash free logo Friday. But oh, my God. Yeah. The way you <laughs> the way you had it set up at the time so this what you're speaking about might be a little bit earlier but when i got on and actually got a logo i submitted it you had it i think we'd submit like a hashtag or something oh, like yeah, that i had like and then designers you, yeah you had designers and so you actually had somebody that was the kind of the highlighted uh designer of the week that would make a logo for you and that's how i met i can't remember his name brian benitez benitez yeah brian benitez yeah. he's the one that did my original logo for Mobiture, so that became kind of my brand And but that actually started from free logo Friday which came from you which is pretty funny
1: and you know what, Brian Benitez is like
0: he is a huge designer these
1: days yeah I don't know yeah. if you've like followed followed him over the course of like his career but he went and worked somewhere in Texas I think for a little bit I can't remember the name of the company but they were huge and now I think he's freelancing but he does incredible work yeah like, he's
0: he's really good
1: yeah it was it was like so cool like at the time too like that was like the best time to be using Twitter because it was like such a new idea, and it was like the best way to meet people in like industries, like depending on what vertical you're in. But it was the best way then to like meet people in the design world, or like you know web designers, or you know graphic designers. It was crazy how awesome the conversations were back then on Twitter.
0: Oh yeah, you I, know, there I, was, I completely agree. There was no
1: noise, like no noise whatsoever. Now it's like, it's <laughs> it's it's hard to use Twitter now. i, I I honestly haven't even figured out the best way to do it. I have lists now of people that, like, if I really want to jump into, like, certain groups of people, but it's so hard to use Twitter these days. Yeah, I feel (laughs)
0: like, yeah, now it's just... Yeah, it's super complicated. Back then, it was so simple. I mean, it was... At its hard. it was really about networking at the time. It was before yeah. all the celebrities were on there and it was just like random people tweeting about their problems or anything. It was like an actual yeah. genuine way to have a conversation, which is crazy because we met through all of this and this was, you know, three or four years ago. So this was a long yeah. time ago, but it's funny we've kept in touch kind of off and on throughout the yeah, end, But all just because yeah. of Twitter, we've actually like never met in person, which is, is crazy. Yeah. yeah, thank
1: you for taking me down memory lane. I, I honestly forgot about Free Logo Friday. And that was like the one thing that I think got me really hooked into like design and like, you know, you know, led me to like kind of where I am now. And I definitely got to meet really cool people, obviously, like yourself.
0: Little known fact for people that don't know, Input 52 was actually an idea that Wade came up with. Um, Well, we kind of came up with the idea together, but you actually came up with the name itself. But we had talked about doing a podcast or a video cast or something uh, back in 2012. So it's a long time ago. Yeah, three years
1: ago. I know.
0: Right. So how how did that kind of come about the name? I've explained it a little bit on the first episode, kind of the meaning behind it, but how did that kind of come into your mind?
1: (laughs) It's crazy because Okay, so Input Fifty Two. My my thought was to be like this weekly technology podcast that would just be, you know, a couple people roundtabling about just what's happening in the technology field. And honestly, like now that I've listened to like the first three episodes of, of how you're doing this today, it, I, it's exactly how I thought it would be if I had done it. Right. And I'm just so happy that it's finally like a thing. Yeah. Totally. And,
0: Yeah, and I think you're doing a great job. Yeah, I I appreciate it, man. And see, and and one of the things that, and I think that was the most difficult thing is we wanted to do it, but like we're, for people that don't know, we're on complete opposite ends of the country. So he's on East Coast, I'm on West Coast. So that's a difficulty on its own. And then we're also, you have a full-time job and a million other things that you're doing. And I have my things too. So it's like, sometimes it's hard to sync up. So I think in the future, it'd be cool to have you on the show kind of regularly to talk about things. Because I think me and you always kind of, have seen eye to eye on a lot of these certain tech topics and things like that. So I think it would be cool to, to have you on here more often yeah. to kind of discuss things.
1: Yeah, I would love to, I would love to, we could, uh, we can drill someone. We oh yeah. Get yeah. Them out
0: <laughs> yeah. I mean, for me, I think okay. it, it was just such a cool idea. Like when you told me about the name of it, cause I know right. we were thinking, trying to think of a name, we're like, what could we name this thing? Cause naming things is like super right. hard to do. Sure. And it, then yeah. when you brought up input 52, I was like, well, that makes perfect sense. You could just kind of give your inputs and have this kind of round table discussion 52 weeks out of the year and i was like that's such an awesome idea and we kind of left it dormant for you know three years and then recently i was like man i kind of want to do that like i have this free time now in between jobs and stuff like i think it would be really cool to do yeah you're doing yeah
1: and like i said i think you're doing a great job this is exactly
0: you know you've gotten like the type of people that i
1: would want to talk to on the show already and you're like three episodes in that's not including myself because i could not follow the two people that you have on here on any normal day (laughs) yeah it's like no way austin evans and then Marcus. no way so yeah but see for me
0: but for me i wanted it to be something to where it's not it it could be outside of the scope of just general technology i mean right it could be anything from from music to startups to social media to marketing to development to kind of anything surrounding kind of under the umbrella of technology general technology but i don't want it to just i didn't want it to just be oh, let's talk about what happened in the news right. this week or whatever. Like I wanted it to exactly. be more, more thought-provoking discussions and a genuine discussion between interesting people, I think, is the best way I wanted it to yeah. kind of play out.
1: Well, I hope people find me interesting. So, yeah.
0: No, I, th- I think people <laughs> will be definitely interested. But Starting from design, so you do design work. You've been doing that for a long time. So kind of yeah. give me a little kind of, or give everybody kind of a little uh, background into kind of who you are and kind of where you came from and what you do now
1: yeah so like I started off my career in human resources believe it or not i uh was an h r resource uh partner at a government agency it was that was in like two thousand and ten that was like a long time ago. that was the most miserable job on the planet but <laughs> at the time i i um in college i my buddy and i we had this like little uh fitness website that we called fitnoke and I had to like learn how to do like the kind of the web management of all of it and that really piqued my interest into uh, you know front-end development and design and you know that kind of like led me into you know I took this job out of college because I needed a job but it, it, you know but during that time I like started to learn you know web design and you know front-end development and you know I uh, actually left that job in 2011 and started a uh, <laughs> what would i would i would like to consider a very 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 successful fail uh, of a company oh, called yeah zero day yeah, it was I remember such this. a good idea in in theory just poor execution honestly from you know the three people that i started it with we just we we literally we we got a beach house and we tried to work through uh, a winter at a beach which was miserable in itself because it was cold it, you're still at the beach so it's like you really want to go out on the beach but it's cold and we tried to make this web design company work and we were just, we just had no clue what we were doing. And it did get my, it led me to getting my foot in the door at an agency in DC um, which kind of, which then really set off my career um, in front end stuff. So sure. I actually was doing, yeah. So it's, it's been a crazy roller coaster of a ride
0: <laughs> yeah i feel like i feel like zero day itself like the name and then like how you just described it there's a reality show somewhere in there like that would have been a perfect oh reality God. show
1: <laughs> yeah it really is it really is man it was it was such a fun like it was such a fun time but it was also like depressing i had like no money like yeah. and i'm not even ashamed to admit that i had to like rely on family members to help me pay some of my bills during that time it was it literally was the best wake-up call for you know you know, it was like one of those like moments where it's like, you know, I went out and tried to do this on my own and it failed and it sucked. So now let's like go and be a real person. Right. Right. <laughs> so, but I mean, yeah. that's,
0: that's kind of what's part of being an entrepreneur. You have times where you're like, you're working right. your ass off and you're eating ramen noodles and you're like broke, oh but you're like, you know, you look back on it and you're like, this was a good time. And it's something that I've learned so much from, you you know, oh you gosh. have good experiences, and bad experiences. So it's like, now you can reflect yeah. on that. And it's something that's helped you kind of grow into who you are now yeah. and kind of develop those skills so it's i mean it's a it's definitely a cool story and it's nothing to be ashamed of and i yeah. mean i think any entrepreneur they have something that yeah it's they I mean, it's like, not all a, a facebook story and a snapchat story and all this stuff like there's a lot of failures yeah. like 99 percent of startups are gonna fail so it's like
1: yeah i mean and that's the thing man I, I look at it as just like
0: i like doing a bunch of different
1: ideas i like trying things and like now i'm a little less of a risk taker as i was back then right. i was i was that zero day was like reckless abandonment it was just like (laughs) (laughs) like that was like i quit my job that was paying my bills to go do something that turned out to not pay me anything right right you know but it was good because it it was like that taking that leap that they everyone talks about so yeah i mean like the whole front end stuff though like uh you know we were talking about this earlier you you mentioned that you were trying to get into that a few years ago i'm not sure like You know, where you've gone with that or if you've, like, even progressed with, like, like, doing, like... I know you're doing, like, Treehouse and stuff back in the day.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's one of those things that where, like, I've learned a lot of web stuff. So, I mean, I can do HTML and those types of things and a little bit of JavaScript, CSS and all that. But it's something that it's, like, I know how bad people need to learn to code today. And I know how much, like, it's so important going forward. I mean, for people in schools and stuff like learning to code right. I mean even like President Obama and everybody's really trying to force people to, to really learn this because it's important I mean the the right. world that we live in is so technology focused now so being able to code is such a, a good skill to have and so it's something that I would like to be able to add to kind of my skill set right. my resume and everything uh, but it's something that I can't I like I I get super motivated and I'm like I'm going to do this I'm going to learn this language and then I get so preoccupied with all these million other things that I'm doing right. and then I kind of like learn a little bit and then I come back and then I learn a little bit and then I kind of forget stuff and but yeah I was doing Treehouse for a long time so anybody if you've never heard of Treehouse it's a online school where you can learn programming you can learn business marketing basically anything to do with the internet, you can pretty much learn it, and it's an awesome startup. Um, Ryan Carson is the founder of that super, super smart guy. He's done TED Talks, so if, you've, if you're if you into TED Talks or, or just really great entrepreneurs, look up Ryan Carson, he's an awesome guy. He's also uh, been on Foundation with Kevin Rose, so uh, it's a, he's just a really awesome guy, definitely a guy I look up to, but that's how I got interested in Treehouse, and I, I did that right. for, Probably not last summer, but the summer before I did that for a few months, and I learned a ton of stuff, not even just about uh, coding, but just like marketing in general, because I was still in school, yeah. in school at the well, time. Well, their
1: videos, yeah, their videos are like, they're amazing. They're they're not, it's not like a board, like what you can think of, like when I think of like a teach me how to code video, right. you don't really think of something that's like engaging as the Treehouse videos are, you know? Right, right. Uh, yeah. I saw a clip of uh, uh, Hampton Catlin. He's the founder of uh, the uh, CSS language, Sass. And he he did some, you know, videos on there. And I saw a couple of clips and they are hilarious.
0: Yeah, yeah. It's super entertaining.
1: Yeah. And it's that, I mean, I think that's the way that you have to learn with stuff like that. Because if not, it just, it seems like it's such a daunting thing to like get into, to dive into.
0: Yeah. And see, I've tried different things before, like, Code Academy is pretty good and there's a lot of good resources out there. Like I would always, when I was in the airport, I would always pull out like the Code Academy app and just like do some coding thing on there, like little coding right. challenges, but like it didn't keep me engaged. But when I was doing Treehouse, um, my plan was to do that a lot more, but then I got so preoccupied with school cause it was like my junior and senior year. And I was so just bogged down right. with projects and stuff. So that's why it's, I kind of taken a hold on that and, but I, I do want to get back to it and really get into it again because right. when I was doing it, it was great. They have, an iPad app and it's something that you can kind of learn at your own pace. So there's a lot right. of people that have, you know, done this while they're working full time jobs or their students and kind of learning these skills on the kind of on their own time. But I mean these days, yeah, a degree is nice for a job, but a lot of companies really yeah. care about the skill set. So if you can you know program and code and develop and do it all right. these things whether you have a degree or not like that is almost more valuable than kind of our parents yeah. and their parents it was all about you got to have this degree you got to have this degree but I mean
1: I know it's I, yeah, I, it's, I worked at Sony
0: at first and what got me my job at Sony was my YouTube stuff and my marketing background and stuff that I right. did on my own outside of school they didn't they could care less that I had a four-year degree
1: yeah it's 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 actually it's it's crazy to me I mean personally too because every day I go into this like awesome job and I love it. And I am like, wow, like how the hell did I, how did I do this? Right. You know, it's like, it's crazy to look back on it because like I spent four years at Virginia tech studying business management and never took like, you know, a formal computer science, uh, you know, class or anything ever the whole time I was there. Right. And it was, it was just these, you know, it was just this, this side project thing that I had that, you know, led me down this path. And it just, that I think was like, I think that's why it is. It's like, it was an itch and it was like really fun. And it was like, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't work, you know, like it wasn't like going to
0: finance, you know 300
1: or whatever it right, was that right. I it. you know so yeah and yeah, I, mean, I mean that's
0: how, that's how I am and I mean like the treehouse stuff that's why I would love to get back into it now that now that I'm kind of just yeah. doing the podcast stuff I have so much more free time like now, you know that, you've you mi- now that you've mentioned it, I'm like oh man I really need to get back <laughs> well, into well
1: you know that. what you should do you know what you should do and this is like what I like you know tell people who are like you know I really want to learn how to code like I don't know how to start and my thing is like you know just build. Try to build yourself a website. Obviously, that's like okay. Well, I need to learn how to code to build myself a website. Yes and no. I mean, you could like download like a WordPress template and mm-hmm. like get yourself a site set up. But then, like once you have that, you know, start tinkering around in it. Like figuring right. out like how it works. And like that's 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 how I did it. And it was like the coolest way because you know, you know, Google Chrome has like their Dev Tools where you can go in and like inspect you know the HTML and CSS and see how everything's working. And you right. can just tinker without breaking stuff. And I think that's how like you know a lot of people want to learn is like they want to see like how how you would do something to break it and then, and then you know like okay that does that you know obviously sure, there's a sure. ton of other like theory behind it you know web design and stuff but I think just like jumping in I've always been a firm believer of just like being thrown to the sharks right um, you know we have this uh, intern at Track Maven right now Marcus who uh, we're actually redesigning the website at Track Maven which I know we're going to talk about but uh, he has uh, jumped in and helped me so much and he has no formal web design but he's like, he has this itch to learn it and he's like been valuable, like invaluable to me
0: right. over the past, like uh, helping me. So. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. See, yeah. what's funny is I actually learned HTML from MySpace. So back in like the oh, early 2000s, yeah. like customizing that's... my profiles, like that's how I actually Absolutely. learned a lot of the intro stuff to HTML is just like, oh, right. how do I make this text bold or how do I change this background and stuff. Right. And that's actually how I kind of first got my little intro into to coding was MySpace profiles, which uh, depending on who listens to this, I might like, a, you know, date myself here. Uh, but uh, like, uh, I, I, yeah, MySpace, that's how a lot of people learn to code. I mean, even my, oh. my girlfriend, she knows zero about coding, but she knows what like, you know, bold tags are and italics and like all that. So right. she could do those things because she was customizing her profile. So it's like, it's funny how all these people <laughs> did these little things, but they didn't even realize that they're actually coding. It's It's pretty funny.
1: I'm going to make sure my buddy Joe Geis listens to this because he used to design MySpace profiles for, uh, yeah. Like he's like an amazing designer and he would do these like MySpace layouts for like musicians and they're, they were pretty dope, but it's like, it's so funny to think that like of MySpace.
0: I know it's like such a, such a funny, funny thing. Oh, yeah, I agree. So speaking about Track Maven, I know we mentioned this a little bit. So that's where you're at currently. So, so yes. what, what do you do at Track Maven? What is Track Maven? Uh, I know their yeah. logo is like a corgi. Oh, my right? gosh. But yeah. but yeah, so just yeah. give me a little bit of uh, info on that.
1: Cool. Yeah, so uh, Track Maven, uh, we're a uh, startup. Uh, we're a SaaS company, so software as a service, uh, pretty much on the enterprise level. Um, and pretty much what we do is we're just like a company that uh, we have an application that helps marketers, uh, you know, create better content based off what's happening in their channels and like how it's uh, how their competitors are doing in certain things and how are uh, you know they can take that and leverage it and use it to build better content. So I know that's like very <laughs> that's a very broad definition of what it is, but just thinking of it as like a tool that like helps you gauge what your competitors are doing in a certain like segment or con- or content channel and helps you do better with that through data analytics and uh you know it's 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 really really cool robust tool it's like the first time i ever you know got in there and started using it it was like oh my gosh like this is crazy like how you know you can see like how to say you're like target you can see how like walmart's doing in a certain channel and you know you'll get recommendations on what content you should do at certain times based off how they're doing on stuff like how their engagement levels are with everything it's Insane. That's that's yeah. crazy. Yeah. See,
0: I didn't. Yeah. I hadn't done any kind of like SaaS stuff until I was working at Sony because we used a variety of different platforms there. But I had like right. prior to Sony, I had no idea what SaaS even was. I was like, software as a service. Like, what is that? Right. But yeah, I mean, yeah. now like when you talk about it, I'm like, oh, okay, I can kind of envision what that means. Right. And for people that are kind of have no idea what that is, a lot of major enterprise companies, you know, Apple and Sony and Google and all these mm-hmm. companies, they have these other services that they use to to kind of handle their marketing and all of that. so that's kind of what this is.
1: Yeah, it like fills like a, you know,
0: a need, like a certain niche that you would need to fill
1: that you don't want to build internally because it would cost, you know, more than it costs to have the service on the side. Yeah. How long long have you been there? So, uh, I've been there as a full-time employee since last March. Okay. Uh, I was, I, uh, actually, uh, met Alan, who's the CEO at a hackathon, uh, two years, three years ago. 2012. Um, and actually, I was there with uh, one of my buddies, Matt, who's actually a Trap Maven employee now as well, mm. and a couple of our other buddies. And we uh, finished third in this hackathon for this uh, app that we never finished, but was oh, such a great idea. And I still want maybe want to finish it one day called Moving Food. And it was going to be this uh, uh, food truck app that was going to try to do undo everything wrong that food truck fiesta has done where they parse you know stale data from twitter we were actually going to give the uh... food truck driver the ability to push out you know his their his or her schedule or where mm-hmm. they're at and make it to where the, from the consumer side you could request a food truck in your area and it would start building this heat map for the driver of the truck to maybe then realter their uh... driving route to where they're most wanted so that they could you know off you know you know, get their product out right. and not have like leftover food at the end of the day or whatever. Yeah, that's super um, valuable. And it was, yeah, it was cool that we came up with that in a weekend. And Alan was one of the uh, uh, the judges there, and uh, got in contact, and uh, he contracted me actually as a freelancer, and I did the coming soon page for Track Maven before it was even a product. It was just the corgi. Uh, so backstory with corgis. Alan loves corgis. We all love corgis. You have to love corgis to work at Track Maven. Oh, so. Of course. <laughs> Yeah. Cor- corgis are so yeah. awesome like if you go on yeah. reddit corgi- corgis are everywhere like oh my gosh they're they're amazing uh so i don't know if you've ever heard of the corgi position called the
0: sploot. i have not what is uh, the sploot? oh
1: look at that. so it's sploot. s-p-l-o-o-t and it's when they lay with both their back legs straight out and their front legs straight forward oh okay yeah i've seen that yeah yeah it's called the sploot. yeah i uh, had no idea there was a little, name little, for little it. yeah little known corgi trivia for you uh yeah and uh Yeah, so I met Alan there and uh, made the coming soon page for uh, Track Maven and then I did their first uh, alerts emails. I did the email design, uh, not the design, I did the development. And uh, yeah, once they got their Series A, uh, I was contacted and I was like, yes, I will definitely be coming to work with you. So. Wow, that's awesome. So <laughs> yeah, what, So what's yeah. it like
0: working for a startup? Because it's something that I've always wanted to do. I love startups and that kind of whole culture, but somehow I always end up with corporate like America, working for Sony and <laughs> right. Apple and all these big tech companies. But like, the right. startup life seems so exciting. Like, what, what is it like working there in that kind of environment?
1: Uh so to put it into comparison with something, you know, I worked at an agency before I, you know, left for Trap Maven. In an agency world, you know, it's like super demanding. Sure. You know, hours are like you you work as many hours you have to work to get stuff done. Like it could be stressful weeks. You know, at Trap Maven, the same holds true, uh or in startup land, in in my experience, same holds true. Like you're still accountable for getting all your work done, but there's the level of stress decreases like tenfold you know and it's like so much more laid back you have like all these people that you're working with who are just like super smart like super empowered to like get their work done and it's it's been so much uh it's just been so fun i think is the is the way i would describe it. it's it been fun it's it doesn't suck getting up to go to work right you know every day you know it's it's been you know it's like super i love going to work actually you know wow. um, the workload's about i would say exactly the same as it was when i was working in an agency it's just like it's more rewarding it's more fun i, right. I don't know it's
0: it's well i'm sure you take yeah, more th- pride in your work too i mean because like i've done i didn't work for an agency but i did an internship there and like it was the worst experience of my life like i hated it it, it was like i was yeah. working for free because it was contracted through right. my school and so i basically i was paying tuition to work at an ad agency for an internship and it was just like the worst thing ever like i couldn't wait to be out and the people were that right. were there hated their lives like it was they were right. miserable
1: right and then, see that's the thing like i actually didn't i didn't hate my old my old company i just i i didn't realize how bad it was until i left sure. you know like i didn't realize how like underpaid and overworked i was totally and totally and it was it was it was insane, um, but yeah, um, I don't know agencies. Yeah, they're they're a whole different ball game. Startups, they're they're it's it's like butter. It's it's so nice. It's like silky smooth. Yeah, well, um, I mean,
0: then you have like it's more goal driven too. I feel like because you're like yeah, working absolutely. to build something great, whereas like with a large company, you're basically just trying to keep yourself afloat at that point. I mean, right. for Sony, I was laid off from Sony because they're struggling financially and and things like that. And so it's like. A lot of people are kind of worried about working for a startup because they feel like there's not that security there. But I feel like there's more security in that environment versus maybe a corporate structure. Depending on the business, obviously, if you work for yeah. Apple, you're probably going to be fine. You work for Google, you'll be fine. But right. that's not to say that they won't be. You won't be fine ten years from now. I mean, because any large right. corporation has their ups and downs, and they kind of go through that that wave where things are good. They're making a lot of right. money. And then now they're not. I mean, that's how it was at Sony. I mean, in the 90s, they were killing it. TVs, you wanted right. a Sony. Everything you wanted a Sony. And then now, the only division for them that's really kind of helpful is right. the PlayStation market. Everything else besides that and cameras is kind of not that great. <laughs> they're not doing right. that well. Yeah.
1: So. And then and then the whole email saga that happened.
0: Oh, yeah, Sony Pictures. Everybody was like, were, were you there for that? Were you there for that? But luckily, <laughs> like, Sony's so fragmented that I didn't have to – be involved in that i worked for sony electronics so i didn't even get to work with playstation which i i you know i was thinking i'm gonna go to sony i'm gonna get to have like playstation time on my lunch and stuff totally wasn't like that whatsoever like sony playstation is basically its own company electronics is its own and so is pictures so it's it's a very fragmented company but i mean i learned a lot there i i loved what i did but i was in san francisco and i didn't really care for the city it was way too expensive
1: yeah, I know. I, I uh, should have got you to link up with my buddy, Mike, who lives out there, who actually works for the uh, the agency I left. Uh, he He's in their San Fran office. Great okay. guy.
0: Yeah. Yeah. San Francisco, I mean, there's a lot going on there, but my impression of it from the outside was a lot different than when I got there. I mean, it's a big tech place, but when you go there, right. it's like, you're not around all the tech stuff all the time, unless you're in Silicon Valley, which is south of San Francisco. So when you're in the city city, it's just like homeless people and just like, dirty and i, I don't know it's a lot like the the dirtier areas of new york like it's it's not as great as people make it out to be and i mean when my mom came to visit when we did all the tourist things mm-hmm. loved it super fun but other than that i was just like man i'm paying 2300 dollars a month for a one-bedroom apartment outside the city like uh, this is miserable <laughs> yeah that's 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 actually insane yeah yeah
1: that, I, I think i saw a a chart of like america and like it was like cost of like uh, residential living yeah. by city and like San Francisco's like was like bar was like way off the chart compared yeah. to like anywhere else yeah. yeah
0: it's even higher than New York New York used to be the highest in the country and now San Francisco is the highest and it's, yeah, that just
1: baffles me yeah I mean
0: yeah. I'll definitely go back to visit it's a to- if you've never been to San Francisco visit but if you want to live there okay. my own recommendation probably not it's way too expensive yeah. you, it's you just don't get the value out of it so where yeah, where is my, it? You're, yeah, where is it? You're located now because you're on the east okay, coast, right? So
1: yeah, so we're uh, in Washington D.C. a okay. uh, Great place. Yeah, it's beautiful out here. Uh, it's really humid though, so it's. I, I mean, I don't know if I don't really consider that beautiful, but it's it's sweaty hot out here right now. Oh, so. I can. Yeah, I can imagine. See, I'm, <laughs> I'm in
0: sunny San Diego, except for it's not really sunny right now. It's. We have a time during May. It's gray May and June gloom. So everybody thinks it's great weather year round, but actually May and June is like the worst.
1: Okay, I don't even want to hear you complain. Have you ever, have you ever been through a DC winter? Oh my I, gosh,
0: I have not. I've never even been to DC. <laughs> oh wow, you should come. Yeah, I know. I need to come out yeah. there. My historical roots. I guess that's where it's all at is DC too.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I can. We can. Like the monuments, like right down the street. You know, it's a. It's like a, it's such a tiny little city. Like you, it's like
0: re- literally tiny.
1: So, wow. It,
0: see, it's crazy because see- DC, I wouldn't think there would be like a lot of startup environment and stuff like that there. So like, what's the culture like there for technology?
1: So, you know, it's it's definitely growing. It's definitely growing. Um, there's a lot of agency uh, style like tech startups out here that are, you know, obviously trying to tap into that, that uh you know all the government work that's around here, right. but there have been some like pretty you know awesome startups that are are coming out. You know, Living Socials here, uh, Contactually uh, is here, Track wow. Maven. Um, I'm trying to think. This you put me on the spot, and I'm I'm gonna feel bad if anyone's listening to this that I didn't name. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, I mean it's 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 growing, and the community is like super tight knit because we're a really small you know town. Sure. Uh, so, and, and you know since we're not like the huge big you know since we're not the huge Silicon valley you know there's not that like i feel like i don't feel like it's as aggressive here as it would be out there sure um you know i, I think one of my buddies said he uh, uh my buddy ryan who i taught a class at that general assembly he went out for an interview at google and he said he went into a bar and it was just like he was in a bar filled with web developers and he was like in dc you go to a bar and you're like in a bar with like a business analyst, someone who works on the hill, a lawyer down the street. You know, it was right. like when he went out there and visited, it was like the whole bar was just the same type of person. Wow. And he was like, he was like, yeah, he was like, he was like, I did, I not He's like, I didn't know if I wanted to work out there. So yeah, yeah uh, I'm, I'm,
0: it, it's definitely more cutthroat. Yeah. So now you're working also for a uh, Heliscope, which is kind of a, a side project that you're doing, which I didn't even know about until I was going to ask you to be on the show. And then I looked at Twitter and I was like, what is this Heliscope thing? And then I, I watched yeah. your demo video for it. And I was like, whoa, this is really cool. So, so what's Heliscope for people that, that don't know or have not heard of it?
1: Okay, Sure. So, uh, actually, uh, I'll just give the full history. I was at a music festival last, uh, summer, uh, here. It was actually in like, uh, in Maryland. And, um, I went with a couple of my buddies and one of my buddies I had just recently met, his name's Barry. Uh, Barry, uh, was there and he had this like crazy contraption with like a camera attached to it. And I was like, dude, what is this thing? And he goes, Oh dude, it's a drone. We're going to film the festival. And I was like, wow, that's tight. How do I like, how do I like help you do this? Or like, how do I get involved with this? And, uh, since then I've just been like helping out here and there with, uh, uh, you know, filming and, you know, um, some tech stuff. And then recently I just built a website for them. Um, and now I'm like, you know, not really, I've been, I, it's like a hobby for me now, but like, you know, I get to go out to all these like festivals and, you know, we go film all these awesome things and it's just a really, really cool growing industry that I never knew existed until like a year ago.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, drones are just like blowing up. right now. Everybody <sighs> yeah. is all about the drones. I mean, it's crazy. It's such a cool, yeah. cool thing because I was talking to, uh, some of my friends the other day and previously to get these really cool angles and stuff you had to either be a pilot or own a helicopter or a plane or you're a movie producer or something and now like drones have given you know average joe the ability to record these great great angles and really really cool cinematography uh for you know a thousand dollars you know it's it's crazy it's
1: it's really cool and you know it's like you know, when i when i when we first started you'd see a lot of people out there with like the phantom you know flying around the phantom with the gopro and sure. then and then you know my buddy barry you know our drone is like this like crazy huge that can carry up to like a red you know so it's wow. like it's like crazy how the, the types of like filming you can do with these things is unreal it's you know you got these like small ones that can fly in these like really tight places and you got these the big one i don't know, it just it still blows my mind like how like crazy these drones are i don't know it's it's insane
0: right yeah it's funny because the way i was telling some people about heliscope the other day and they're like what is it and i was like oh it's low altitude cinematography it's a production company and they're like what does that yep. mean i was like they basically just make <laughs> they just basically make badass videos <laughs> yeah. like check this video out and i showed some of my friends yeah. who are like that's crazy so i'll link the videos and everything on the on my website cool. and put 52 Dot com but I'll, the videos the demo reel and everything's really cool like I was, it, yeah we're
1: actually yeah we're actually about to put out a new demo reel with uh some new footage uh we've been using a new uh, new drone here recently and with a new camera setup we're using a, uh, a lumix gh4 which is like this new
0: like mirrorless small body right 4k camera and it just gets these amazing shots when you attach it to the drone do you just pretty much hit record on the the camera and then just go or kind of what's the setup like for hooking up the camera to the drone and kind of Get piloting cool. yeah. and everything.
1: Yeah, so you know it's it's obviously attached with a gimbal, you know, 360 gimbal. Sure. Um, and then there there's multiple ways you could do it. The way that we do it now is yeah, we just hit record, start flying. Uh, it's attached to uh, a light bridge, which is a HD uh, uh, video transmitter that then comes back down to uh, the ground where we have uh, two transmitters. Uh, one uh, is the pilot's, which is you know Barry flying. The other comes to a Android tablet uh, that shows me exactly what the drone's seeing from the mm. camera in HD, uh, which then I can control the camera from that transmitter or that receiver. Um, it's it's so cool. <laughs> it's yeah, like, that's the first time, That's amazing. Yeah, the first time I uh, flew uh, it and we started filming, and I, I could just see what it was seeing up in the air was like it was it was jaw dropping. Is I don't know, I because I, I mean, I'm mean i not not from like a film or you know video background, but it was like just so cool. Like I don't know, I don't know a better way to describe it. But yeah, it's Definitely
0: yeah. just. Yeah. And see, I've never, so, I've yet to fly even a drone, so it's just like I I can imagine what you're talking about, but like I I, I just yep. really need to get a drone and I need to just fly one because yeah. I I come from that background, so I do photography and everything, but the video stuff is so cool that you can do with it. And like for me, I would love yeah. to take it on trips, but. I think the problem for me right now is there's not really like a good pocketable one yet or anything that's kind of small enough that I can just kind of throw into a, a case of luggage without taking up too much space but i like i try and take a trip out of the country every year i just went to st martin and had these really great views there but like the whole time i was sitting there thinking like man if i had a drone right right now i could get such awesome shots but right it's yeah i'm kind of waiting and letting things to kind of evolve and we'll kind of see what happens but i mean drones in general are are super cool like i'm super intrigued by them and i think the cost is it's starting to come down a little bit more to where it's more affordable for just the general public
1: Yeah. So the general public, definitely super affordable. Like if you're like trying to do like the enthusiast thing, I think that's where like, there's like a need for, you know, um, kind of more thought leadership in the industry. You know, there's like, there's, uh, we, we partner with this company called Rotorverse, uh, and they pretty much handle like all the, the drone, like build and engineering and Mm. getting the parts and stuff for that. And, um, you know, it's it's crazy because like when I when I was growing up, my dad and I we used to race remote control cars. And if anyone's familiar with like the hobby RC industry, a drone's pretty much just a a really, really expensive RC helicopter. Sure. <laughs> you yeah. know? So growing up, uh, when I was a kid, my dad and I used to race RC trucks, uh, dirt trucks, you know, 1-8th uh, uh, scale. Sure. And, you know, the hobby the hobby shops used to be the thought leaders on like everything for that. And the and times have changed so much now that they're just like focused on like the retail side of things right and with the drone industry exploding there's no real like thought leader or someone trying to like educate you know the public on what this is or what it's going to be or how people can get into it and uh, i think that's where the next step is going to be especially now with like the way the faa is you know starting to come in and allow this these commercial uses of drones right um without like a crazy barrier to entry there's you're going to start seeing more and more like thought leader style, uh, uh, approaches to like the industry. So right now you have like the DJIs which are out there building the drones and now you're going to have more people coming in, I think doing like drone education. And All I right. think
0: that's, you know, yeah,
1: that's, that's where I see it going from here.
0: Yeah, we're definitely kind of in that that transition period because, like, a few months back, we had a drone that crash-landed on the White House lawn. and then Oh, my gosh. Yeah, and then Amazon now is doing, like, the drones. Like, they're wanting to do drone deliveries and stuff. So I think right now there's so much, like, we're in that transition period where the government and the FAA and everybody's trying to figure out, like, how do we regulate this or how do we not regulate it? Like, they kind of, you know, they don't really know how to handle it yet. And so I think it's kind of like I'm almost wondering if it's going to be kind of how guns are to where you you buy a drone and it's registered to you and a serial number and stuff and that way if anything happens to it you're the one responsible for it i mean it'll be interesting in the next few years to ha- yeah. see how this changes but what were you going to say about the the white house thing oh
1: oh yeah so we uh filmed uh um this uh, wine festival this past weekend and we had our drone there we, we had our own booth at the wine festival and the drone there and we got asked over 10 times if we were the people who flew the drone into the white house really
0: <laughs> yeah see that i mean that didn't, i didn't even uh, think about that cuz you're in dc so they're like oh i bet it was those guys they they did yeah. the drone on the lawn like <laughs> uh,
1: Honestly, like for, and I don't know if I could say this, so I'll get in trouble. I was like, can we use this as like a publicity stunt and say, yes, we did?
0: Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's like, this is a great way to drive press. Like, you know, they yeah. say any any press is like good press. Like,
1: yeah, but speaking back to like the, the, uh, the way they might regulate it, honestly, that's a good question. Like, no one really knows right now. All we know is, is that they've opened up a Section 333 exemption, is what they're calling it, that'll allow commercial drone use uh, if you meet like a few stipulations, like it has to be under, you have to fly under 400 feet. You yeah. have to be under, uh, a hundred pounds. No, I'm sorry. Under 55 pounds. And then you have to fly, you know, slower than hundred miles per hour. Wow. So, and, I mean, I know that sounds like very relaxed and like not very, but at least it's like
0: something is starting something, to you know, sure. formulate. Yeah. Right. So how fast so. do the drones like that are on the market now actually go like, uh, cause they don't go anywhere near a hundred. Do they?
1: uh i mean i think the fastest that i i I, i've seen is like 55 60 which is like if you think
0: about it that's still pretty fast i mean that's that's, like highway freeway speeds so i mean that's that's still pretty fast
1: yeah, and you got like how fast they can like go from like zero to, you know, that is like even faster, you know, right. especially depending on like, you know, like the motor setup and everything that you have set up on it. Like, you know, I'm sure you could cook one of those things out to be, you know, super quick. I don't know. Did you see the video of the guys who attached the Phantom slow mo camera to a drone? Did you see that video on YouTube? No, I, I haven't. Well, they attached one of those to a drone. Check it out. Uh, if you find the video, you link to it. It's amazing. They attached one of those to a drone and filmed. Uh, some trucks like going through like mud water, and they were like flying right above the where, and it, like you could just see the mud just slowly coming. It was like the coolest shot. Wow. And like they had to like custom build a drone to carry the weight of that thing. And I think they
0: could only fly it for like three minutes at a time before the batteries died out. I don't know. It was pretty slick. See, that's one thing. <sighs> that, speaking of the batteries, that's one thing that's kind of made me hesitant to get one because one of my previous co-workers at sony he had the drones and he had the inspire and a phantom 2 mm. and he had a, a handful of different drones but that was one of the things he said is the battery life is kind of the big thing right now is you can't keep them right. in the air for a super long time because you have that battery dies pretty quickly which i think is right. something that we obviously need more innovation on and hopefully that'll get right. better but that's kind of something that's held me off because i don't want to dish out a couple of grand and then I can only, you know, have it for twenty minutes or whatever. You know, I yeah. want to be able to have Except it because yeah, an hour or so. Batteries something. are yeah, they're expensive.
1: If you're gonna have a bunch to keep on hand for like, you know, if you if you need to be up in the air the majority of the time. Right. You know yeah. It gets the cost is up there.
0: Right. So what so what's it like when you're you're at these festivals and you're flying these drones is it I mean for me I would be nervous because it would be like my own equipment like what if it gets lost or like you know you're flying over this crowd right. of people it's you know some of the the shots you had in the video are at night so that right. drone I mean if you look up in the air you pro- can you even see it in the air or is it you yeah, just so, you're just going by the yes. what's on the tablet
1: So no actually so the arms um have uh, LEDs Oh okay uh yeah for uh it's like two in the back, so you know where the rear is, and then one in the front. It's like a strip of LEDs. So oh, okay. if you think about it, like like uh, like making like the letter Y, right uh, on the arms, yeah. So that way you can see where front and back is. But yeah, it's super bright, yeah, and it's loud. So that's another thing is that it it creates a lot of noise. So you can hear that thing like whizzing up in the air. Um, Also, and that's why I think you catch like in
0: some of the shots that you see people look up and they're like, what the hell is this thing? Right. right. (laughs) Yeah. That that was what I was about to ask. Like, what's the crowd kind of do when you're doing these videos that you have a lot of people that are like not really paying much attention or a lot of people like, whoa, what is that? Like, is that a drone? Is this going to attack me? Like,
1: yeah, so definitely. So uh, the Pex heartburn video that we have uh, when we were flying it inside in an armory in Philadelphia, we had a lot of questions because you know you're inside this like confined building that has, I mean, it had like 30 foot ceilings, and you know we were flying a full size drone in there to get these shots. Those shots that you know we fly over the uh, installation that they had the light installation, Right. right. And uh, you know when we'd land, we'd have to land and like we'd have to like you know we had some people helping us out like get people away so that you know obviously landing in a safe spot. But yeah, it's definitely like a it's a it's a conversation piece, and some people were like kind of freaked out about it. There's a there's actually this uh these uh, YouTube like celebrities were there boyfriend versus girlfriend.
0: Oh yeah, or, yeah, I know them. Or yeah, yeah, yeah. They have two channels, y'all. but the, basically, yeah, they're oh, okay. always like pranking each other and doing these crazy yeah. tricks on each other. It's really entertaining stuff.
1: Yeah. So if you look at their video Valentine's Rave, they were actually where we were filming. Oh, okay. Yeah. So and at one part in the video. Uh, the girl was like, Oh, it's a drone. I, I, I don't think they should be flying in here or something along those lines. And yeah, it was, it was, it was hilarious that they said that. And is, I mean, it's super safe. I mean, you know, obviously if something were to malfunction and fall out of the sky, that would, that's like the, that's our biggest concern, but it's so highly unlikely. Um, but yeah, it's crazy. It definitely garners a lot of attention. It's it's people like always are talking about, it, especially there because we were in a place where it was like flying, you know, fifty feet over people's heads. You know, right. but, man, the shots are so good though. Like, you know,
0: it's like- yeah, well, and it's the the drones thing. I mean, for us and being on Twitter and you know having these conversations with like-minded people that are kind of involved mm-hmm. in tech. We all kind of know what drones are but the general public right. that's still such a new thing to them to where if you right. say a drone they're like well, like a robot like with bombs right. like they don't really know what that is they don't realize oh it's like a toy that yeah. films and and does these cool stunts kind of like an RC car or like a remote control helicopter right. or whatever they don't really realize i don't think what it is yet because it's, it hasn't right. really gone mainstream. I mean, it's right. it is and in that niche area, but general public wide right. you know, it's not something that's normal and except that's, for the White House thing. And
1: that's what I. That's what I, you know. I, I think a lot of people, you know, they associate drone with like being filmed and like that like privacy, you know, issue. But there's so many applications where drones are going to make things safer. So sure. I, I always tell people like think about like a fire, a building that's on fire. And you know you need to see the structure before sending firefighters in to like see how something you know you see if like the roof is about to cave in, or you know you just zip a drone up in the air twenty seconds do a quick survey you know and then you know you, then you have that added reassurance of like, hey, things are looking good right you know right. there's so many like practical applications for drones that are that are you know going to be used in the future and are probably being used now um you know, surveying forest fires, I think, is one where it's it's being applied right now, uh, you know, to see, like, where the hot spots are because obviously you can't send people right, <laughs> you know, out right. into them, you know.
0: Well, so they, yeah, they allow you to get views that you can't get as just a right. normal person and from a safe distance. Right. I mean, the military has been using drones and stuff for years, right. but now you're seeing more of the general public being able to integrate right. it into – different types of work so like the forest fires thing for especially out here in california we get forest fires really bad last may we had a lot of forest fires and so it would it's something that would be super handy to be able to get that view and see where is this fire how far is it spreading where do we need to send the ground crews and stuff without exactly putting them in danger so i i I totally agree with what you're saying there's a lot of real world applications that can be used outside of just the general like oh this is a hobby and i'm making cool videos
1: yeah, I mean, yeah, that's that's the thing. It's like, it's really cool to go out to these festivals and film these days, but there's there's so many other applications that we're hoping to get into with it that, that you know, I think are, you know, even more awesome than the videos sure. themselves, you know. Yeah, so, speaking of awesome
0: oh, things, the yes. Lily camera, I'm sure you've oh seen gosh. the Lily camera.
1: Yeah, I re- the second I saw it, I was like, holy crap, I got a tweet about this. This thing is amazing. Right, yeah, I, if you, if you haven't just, seen
0: the video, I'll link it on the website, but, like, the video itself, like, that makes the product the the way they, they filmed it and everything yeah. it's great like when i saw that video i was like sign me up like where's my credit card like i got to buy this thing right now uh,
1: yeah it's like the the part of the video where it, they just throw it in the water and then all of a sudden it comes out like it's like this amphibious you know i, I was like holy crap this thing is way too cool for school
0: right yeah and for yeah. people that don't know if you haven't seen the video or you've been living under a rock basically the lily camera is a a drone that is completely autonomous. You don't control it on your own. It's it basically follows you around almost like right. a, a little paparazzi drone. It's kind of how I've been telling people. Yeah. Like it if you're snowboarding down a mountain, you could throw it up in the air and it'll follow your run down the, the mountain. So right. you can get these really cool angles from the side and kind of in front yeah. of you and it it's super cool. It's waterproof. You can use it to take twelve megapixel photos. You can do like these really cool aerial stuff that is just following you and yeah. you have this basically sensor attached to your wrist that that's yeah. what knows how to to keep in contact with you not go too far but yeah it's a super cool thing yeah I, I think the sensor just uses like standard GPS or, yeah. or something yeah. but it's so cool the video is crazy like they have one part and the guy just like throws it off a bridge and I'm like oh my gosh and then all of a sudden it just like floats up in the air and starts following him I was like oh okay <laughs> like yeah. this is amazing
1: yeah I, I like for like stuff like the um the uh kayaking shots like where you normally wouldn't be able to like while you kayak you know that's like the perfect time to use it, I think. You know, you have this, like, you can't take pictures of yourself while you're kayaking or other people. So you, right. you just have this autonomous drone flying behind you that's doing all the work for you. It's, yeah. I mean, for sports it's enthusiasts,
0: amazing. it's like great for anybody yeah. that wants to, because it's, yeah. I mean, to be honest, with the GoPro, you can get some of these types of angles, but then you have to have somebody following you along. And especially, you know, in a yep. kayak, whitewater rafting or whatever, you're going to be jumping around and the camera is going to be moving like crazy. It's going to be hard to really have a stabilized shot. And this just follows you super smooth. It takes out all of that kind of disruption right. that could be in that video. And it's, it's really cool. Right now, I guess they're selling it for $500 until June 15th. Um, I actually reached out to their press team, so I I haven't told you this, but I might actually speak with one of the the founders on this podcast. Like, not oh, not wow. completely sure, but I reached out to them and they were like, "Yeah, it might take a few weeks for us to get back to you. We've got a lot going on with press, but like, uh, we, we're definitely interested in speaking with you and everything." So that crossing my fingers that might happen on That'd a future it. episode, but but yeah, that's that's kind of the setup right now. Is it's five hundred dollars till June fifteenth. And it's going to be a thousand dollars after, but the real kicker is that this doesn't come out until February twenty sixteen. So it's nine months away. So you you buy a product now and you won't get it for nine months, which is like well,
1: sucks. I've done that. So I, I I did that accidentally with the um, I don't know if you saw this on Kickstarter a couple uh, about a year ago now, but they had that like that black credit card that you could like click through your cards that you store on it.
0: Yeah, yeah. It was the the coin. coin. Oh, yeah. coin. yeah. Oh yeah. my gosh, that was so much trouble. I-
1: I never got one.
0: Yeah. I, I I paid for it, and then it just – I don't know if it's even a thing. <laughs> really? <laughs> I never yeah, got see, one. See, for me, I paid for it, and then they said it was going to come out in the spring of, I think, this year maybe? Right. or Yeah, this year or maybe last year, and it got delayed. And they didn't tell anybody it got delayed, and all of a sudden, yeah. they just kind of changed the wording on their website. And so people went crazy demanding refunds and everything. And I actually got my yeah. re- mind refunded because I threw out 50 bucks for this thing. Well then, Apple yeah. Pay comes along, and all these kind of wireless forms of payment are out here that are way yeah. better than this. And I was like, you know, forget this. I'm not paying for this. Yeah. And it was just kind of shady. And that's what why I haven't ordered this yet is because the video is great. It right. looks amazing, and I'm sure it's going to be great. But when it comes to right. Kickstarter, IndieGoGo, these types of things, a lot of times it seems like it's this great idea, but then in the end, it ends right. up being not as as great as it really yeah. seemed, and that's kind of my worry with this.
1: Yeah, I mean, my, my my the only like I guess like silver lining with this is like there actually is a product shot, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like a real like totally it looks like totally. it's a real you know, yeah, and you know, my, I guess my only questions for it would be like, is it like how durable? Like, what's it made out of? Like, you know, how, it's like what's the battery life going to be like on it? Is it interchangeable batteries? Like, I, I don't
0: know if they answer any of that on yeah, the uh, see, site. Yeah, and that's that's kind of what I want to talk to somebody because I've talked to a little bit of people through Twitter, just back and forth, back and forth. But it's just a press person, you know, that's in charge of their social media. They might not know all the details. So I'd love to speak with maybe one of the developers or an engineer or the founder or something like that to to be able to answer some of these questions for people. Because I think there's still a lot that people don't know about this. All we know right now is it's a drone that follows you. It's $500, it won't come out for nine months, you know. So it's just like there's a lot of, I think, questions that that need to be answered. But I, I think it's a really cool product. It's it a great up, idea. Yeah, if it lives up to what it's supposed to be, I guess you could say. But what one of my concerns is, it's not coming out for nine months. You've got a company like yeah. DJI here that already yep. does all these kinds of great drones that are controlled by a person. What's going to, st- you know, stop them from creating? Hope a, it a, a drone that's going to, you know, follow people around and it's going to come out sooner than this. And then you know, people I, that yeah. have backed this, they're kind of screwed at that point. So that's why yeah. one reason why I've kind of held off because. That's nine months. A lot can happen in nine months. I mean, I've I've just held off on kind of going with one yet because I'm just still filling it out, deciding if I want to put that hole in my my credit card yet or. (laughs) Right. Well, and that's the thing.
1: So, like, that's another part of like this partnership that uh, Barry is forming with Telescope is that the Rotorverse team, like, that's what they that's what they're trying to do. They're trying to help like people like you or like someone who wants to get into it, figure out what it is they need, even if that just turns out to be a phantom, right? you know, something, you know, on the low end, or if like, if you need it for something with like a different, you know, application, like helping you, like, you know, bring that knowledge to like what it could be that you would want to build, you know, sure. if you want to build something custom and not, you know, buy something, you know, off the shelf. Right. So, and that's, that's, I think that's, I, that's, like I said earlier, I think that's where like this industry is going. Like, if you're, there's going to be some, someone's coming along and it's going to be like, this like thought leader that's going to give you these like ideas of things to buy and they may not be the ones off the shop you know you can get these custom drones and build them yourself
0: yeah i think that would be super cool i mean because it's kind of how remote control cars are on these rc cars yeah is where there's not just a one size fits all there's kind yeah. of you can get this thing to get you started but then you can customize yeah. it to meet your yeah. needs and that, i think that would be the best way yeah. to go with the the drone exactly. market because there's so many people that are going to use it in so many different ways whether that be right people using yeah. it professionally or people using it as hobbyists or in any right. number of ways so I think being able to kind of have your kind of build your own drone would be the the cool yeah thing.
1: yeah it's like it's like yeah it's like you know with, like you said with the remote control cars it's like you got these kit cars that come you know ready to run and you just got there and you play with them or then you have like the team associated stuff that comes like just the body and you have to you know you have to buy this, you know, speed control, the servos, the motors. You have to build it all together. You have to build the shocks. Like, it's like a, a thing, you know. Right. And I think that's, I really see it, like, the drone industry going that same route where you build to what you want to make, sure. you know. So. Yeah, I completely agree. So <laughs> yeah.
0: So, switching to a completely different side of the spectrum... <laughs> what is Grody? <laughs> what, uh, what is this? Because you have so many projects. There's, there's so many things we could talk about, uh, but this is one yeah. I, I wanted to talk about because it's something completely left field from anything that I knew that you were doing. So I would love to hear a little bit more about it. Grody. Yeah. So, uh, Grody, is it's my DJ name. Uh,
1: if you, if you want to call it that, uh, it actually started a, a couple, about a year and a half ago. My buddy, uh, Nick, uh, is a great music producer. Uh, he, uh, just has been DJing and, and stuff since since I met him like in college like a long long time ago, and uh, I just wanted to get into it because like I have this like urge to tinker with stuff and I was like hey, you know it's uh, music producing how hard could it be well h- holy crap it is like it's like <laughs> it's like trying to learn how to ride a bike with that only has uh, one wheel and no front wheel right. it's like it's like yeah it's it's been crazy so actually I uh, just recently picked back up with the grody stuff and I, i've been djing more than doing kind of like, like music producing stuff so just like parties here and there sure. and uh it's i don't know it's really fun like music is such a great like release from like coding so it's it's been like such a it's been it, it's like re, it's renewed that like feeling i had when i first started to learn how to build a website it's like now i'm learning how to do something different and it's like sure. just kind of like it's like a good just like release from everything else and it's been it's been so funny, man. I don't know. I never saw myself like ever sitting down in front of some decks and being able to spin. Right. <laughs> you know. <laughs> so like, so, what kind of
0: equipment are you actually using uh, to do your mixes and to actually do like the performances and stuff?
1: Cool. So, I uh, so if if I do something on the computer, I'm, I'm using Ableton. So I bought Ableton Nine Live. I think it's not like the. Um, I think I have like the standard edition Ableton. There's like a premium that has a bunch of like. Uh, plugins and stuff that comes with it that's like $800. I think the one I got was like $400, okay. uh, which is still pretty pricey for some software. Uh, I did just didn't want to pirate it, so uh, I bought it and I've just been using that. But then for like live mixing, I bought a uh, I was recommended by my buddy Chris, uh, who uh, is an amazing DJ, and he uh, told me to get the uh, tractor. Uh, it's called the S2, um, okay. it's just a DJ, con- it's a controller, it's got you know, it's two channel right uh, mixer uh and it's like you know it's nothing professional like the guys that like the big name guys if you're going out to a show and seeing the mix, they're mixing you know they're they're mixing on something i think it's called a ds900 or something like that and it's like sure. a two thousand dollar mixer it's uh, it's crazy and then they have like the actual like turntables that are the CG, cdj 2000s which are like another 1500 each uh pops it's like they're like mixing on these like like small cars <laughs> <Pretty much>. yeah, <laughs> that's, like, that's a good way
0: to put it yeah i'm just mixing on yeah. a, a small car
1: yeah it's like you know you could sell these things and buy yourself like a really nice used car right <laughs> <laughs> yeah so i equate what i've you know been doing with this is dabbling in it now for the past few months uh to learning how to code like years ago it's been like that kind of like excitement and, yeah you know yeah how did you
0: come up with we'll the name grody anyway because grody is grody. such a, a grody name so how did you come up with that uh, <laughs>
1: So uh, the, when I first wanted to get into it, I was really big into the synthwave genre of electronic music, which is like 80s style, like Baywatch music. Almost. Okay, nice, nice. And I was like, you know, I was, when my buddy Nick and I, uh, we uh, wanted to start making some music together, I was like, dude, we really need like a really 80s name. And I, and I was Googling 80s like, uh, like phrases that people used to say back in the 80s. And one of them was like, that's Grody, dude.
0: Yeah. Or something like
1: that. And I was like, Grody, that is like a really unique name that no one has for any of the handles on the Internet. <laughs>
0: <laughs> nice. So, that. Well, that works. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So, yeah. And that's, I know, that's I like the it. most
0: like defining moment for like naming any kind of brand or anything is like, oh, yeah. is a domain available? Is a Twitter handle available? Like, it's sad that that's how we can define what we want to call our business these days, because you can have a great name and it, somebody's totally just squatting on the domain or something.
1: Yeah, thank gosh for I mean, not that this is completely off topic, but thank gosh for the new TLDs like dot rocks or dot today. Yeah. yeah, it's so crazy. But yeah, no, Garodi's been uh it's yeah, it's a very interesting name. It's I don't know. I, I don't know where it's gonna go, but it's definitely something super fun. I've actually I've just recently started booking real gigs. So I'm uh, I've been asked to play at uh this bar in DC on July fourth. So hoping nice. to see where that goes. Yeah,
0: so that'll be interesting, uh, a July 4th show. That'll be, I'll be very nervous, so. Oh yeah, I'm sure. So have you ever (laughs) performed or anything like this in front of anybody before, like, that's outside of just, like, friends? Or is this, like, kind of the first big performance uh, in front of, like, complete strangers?
1: This will be the big, this will be the first big one outside of, uh, outside of my friend group. I've done a couple of my friends' parties. I've, uh, you know, anytime I have people over here at the house, uh, at my apartment, I'm just, I'll just jump on and start playing music, you know? So right, right. it's, uh, yeah, it'll be, it'll be a very, uh, opening experience that I don't even know if I'm actually prepared for. Right. So <laughs> Yeah. But you know, I'm kind of one of those people that's like, I don't really care if like, if I screw up, I screw up. If I don't get asked to come back, it's whatever. I, I can say I did it. And, you know, I'll just file it under one of my successful fails. Yeah, and, you know, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you know, yeah, so, so so
0: outside of that, what's the the future for, for Grody and just for you in general? What what do you got coming in the next few months to a year? You got any new things planned or is Track Maven and Heliscope and all these things kind of keeping you busy for now?
1: Yeah, I mean, honestly, like I... I, I have like I am married to track Maven and I, have, I am, don't see myself like ever leaving, <laughs> which is crazy to say. But uh, I don't know, man. I don't I don't know if I have enough time in the day. I also have a girlfriend. Right. So full time uh, job. That also that uh, is a full time yeah. job. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I uh, know I think we're going to do some traveling this uh, late summer. And uh, I don't know, man, no new projects. I really think that the, i have, like I have like a really good core of like diverse things right now i don't know i'm always open i'm always open to anything you know i'm I'm kind of add so something could come around the corner next week and i might jump in you know who knows maybe i'll start like free logo monday or something. i don't know hey there you go (laughs) hey Mondays are bad
0: so if you could do anything to brighten up mondays that would be yeah
1: (laughs) (laughs) i still can't believe that free logo friday my goodness
0: (laughs) it was a good idea it was a good idea hey that's we wouldn't be having this conversation right now if it weren't for free logo friday
1: That's true. That's awesome, true. man.
0: Well, I appreciate you awesome. being on the show and everything, yeah. and it's been awesome to catch back up with you. But before we go, Absolutely. did you want to? Is there anything you want to plug or anything? I also, have all the the links to this on the website as well. But uh, go ahead and tell people how they can find you, uh, find out more sure. information about Track Maven, Telescope. anything you want to to name. Definitely cool. go for it.
1: Uh, well, I mean, we've named all those things. I mean, if you guys want to follow me on Twitter, uh, it's the only one that I didn't get a really cool uh, handle for. It's W uh, if you want to follow me on Instagram or try to reset my password,
0: it's at Wade. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's,
1: that's pretty much it. <laughs>
0: yeah. Side, side note. We just had a conversation before this started and he gets password resets all the time for, for getting that Instagram name. That's yeah. super, super funny, man. But I definitely yeah. appreciate you being on the show and it was, it was good to catch yeah, up. And yeah, yeah, I'm of glad, course. I'm
1: glad I got to follow, I got to follow two huge YouTube celebrities. So yeah, yeah. I only have one YouTube video that's ever gotten 20,000 views. and It's how to make a Photoshop, uh, how to make linen in Photoshop, like a linen effect in Photoshop. Oh, okay. So, like
0: the, for the skeuomorphic, like iOS 6 yeah, and, yeah, and yeah, 4 yeah. stuff. I,
1: if, you, if you Google, if you uh, YouTube uh, search for how to make linen in Photoshop, it's that's me. That's awesome. my video.
0: I will definitely There's, plug that on the it, website. Yeah. So if anybody wants to make old iOS designs, oh, like. Oh, please do not do it. <laughs> yeah, only do flat. Awesome, man. Well, I appreciate you being on the show and uh, I'll definitely have to have you come on again soon.
1: All right, buddy. I appreciate it.
0: Thanks for listening to today's episode of Input 52 and a special thanks to Wade for being on the show. As with all episodes, the show notes for today's episode will be available on our website, input52.com. Also, all of the contact info for Wade and all of his many, many projects will be available there as well. If you want to get in contact with me you can do so on our website or on twitter at it's ryan bates but thanks again for listening everyone i'm ryan bates this is input 52 and until next time